This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about generational differences in communication preferences. So first, let me make a few quick admissions myself. So in my case, I'm actually a member of the baby boomer generation. And I am one of those people who has tended to be a late adopter to technology. So I want to give you some examples. I remember when cell phones were first becoming quite popular and when they started adding the texting feature to the cell phone. And in my case, I just couldn't understand why anyone would want to send a text when you could just as easily send an email. To me, it just seemed redundant and it just didn't make sense. And in fact, you'll be shocked to hear that I actually called the phone company and told them to just block texting off of my phone because I saw no use for it and didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now, those friends of mine at the time who had children, teenagers or younger children, they learned first the value of texting because their teenagers were texting. And so those parents then, they had to get with the ball game. They had to step into this new reality and they picked up texting first. And I talked to some of them and I said, well, I just don't get it. And they said, well, you know, texting is so much better than email because it's more real time and you can be quick about it and you don't have to waste a lot of time on the phone. And I'm thinking, I'd rather talk on a phone any day. So finally, as I was working in the work context and found that there were just some members of the younger generation, I could leave them as many voicemails as I wanted. They weren't going to answer back. They weren't going to answer the phone. If I texted them, they answered immediately. If I sent them an email, that was almost immediate as well. But the phone, which was the baby boomers prize thing, no, they they were into telephone uh, messages in the same way. So this was really interesting. It was like, okay, if I'm going to be in connection with those from the younger generation, maybe I better learn their preferred mode of communication as well. So I called the phone company and said, all right, let's turn texting back on and learned how to do it. And now I text all kinds of people and love it and do see the advantages of it. But I didn't see it right away. Something else that I noticed as a baby boomer person is when I send text messages And when I send emails, sometimes I have a tendency to write a message very much like the way we learn to write in school. So I might have less of the acronyms, more of the long sentences. And I got some feedback from some younger people that, oh, my God, this is overwhelming. We don't want a text with this much information in it. They just want maybe a line, a few words, and definitely the abbreviation so they can quickly see it and be off and on to the next thing. Well, okay, so when I'm speaking to other baby boomers like me, I write as much as I want. When I'm speaking to younger people, I shorten it up so that therefore they won't get impatient and perhaps not even read the message. 
So the point of all of this is that we've got to think about there are different styles, different approaches, and new is not always bad. In fact, we can learn a lot from each other, the generations. So I'll give an example. There was one time I had been giving a presentation at the American Psychological Association, which is my professional organization, and there was a younger person present who was very interested in that presentation. However, he was not going to be able to attend that session. And he asked me if I'd be willing to share the presentation highlights with him later in a follow-up meeting. And I said, sure, that would be great. And he suggested that perhaps we use Skype. Well, back then, I had no clue how to use Skype. And so I told him I didn't have a Skype account, had no idea how to use Skype. And so we agreed that in exchange for me teaching him the basics and fundamentals of this workshop I conducted, that he would help me to set up a Skype account and teach me how to use that. And that's what we did. And so we had mutual learning there, and I still use that account to this day. So the point is, it's not always the older generation teaching the younger or the younger generation teaching the older. If we keep an open mind, we can have mutual learning in the workplace. And those things that one generation does better, they can actually help the other one to learn. So I find that on the baby boomer side, very often we have very well-developed writing skills. We're also very good at face-to-face communication. And we can share with our younger colleagues something about that. However, in general, they are much better than the baby boomers at this new technology, and they know more about the social media world and about new applications out there than I do. And so I can learn a lot about that from them. And collectively, we can decide in the workplace, what do we need to have the best mix for the kinds of audiences that we're trying to reach? As we've been talking about the younger generation and also the older generation, each having talent and skill, I'm just sitting here remembering back about my own journey and thinking that if you had said to me some years ago that I would actually have a successful podcast, I would have laughed because I didn't even know what a podcast was. And in fact, when I first heard the word, I had no clue what people were talking about at the time. And yet, I've had to learn about that and to show up in this medium as well. Now, I remember many years ago, I could go back 20, 30 years ago when I was on television. I can go back when I was on the radio, more traditional radio. And now in today's world, I'm actually starting to create television programming for the internet and online. And the podcast is just like a radio program in the new world. So each of us, if we're going to continue to grow and develop in the workplace, we have to embrace new approaches. And we have to remember that there are people in the workplace who already are more naturally wired towards the side that maybe we don't know as much about. And that's both for younger and older. That means the younger generation has something to benefit from in terms of the older. 
and the older generation can also benefit from the younger. So let me remind you, some years ago, IBM actually did a commercial, and this commercial featured a young person launching this new website and showing that website to his boss. And on this website, you had flames coming out and all kinds of bells and whistles. And the boss looks at it and says, that's really fabulous. That's really wonderful. And then asks the question, but does it do inventory control? And the younger employee says, "Uh, well, no, I don't know how to do inventory control. And here was the beauty of it. They were able to get the flames flaming out from the website from the younger guy and the inventory control from the older person in the workplace. And when they put it together, now they had a more powerful product. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how are you leveraging, still having these multiple generations in the workplace? And I know a lot of times people are complaining about the generation gap and what's not working with having multiple generations in the workplace. But here's my challenge and homework for you. I want you to think about what are some of the learning pairs that you can create in your organization between someone who is on the younger side and someone who's on the older side. And as the two of them sit down together, they'll be doing a learning audit. So if I was the younger person, I'd say, here are things I'm great at. Here are the things that I love to do. And here are the things that I can share with you and teach you. And then the older person does the same thing. And then they decide together, which ones are we really going to exchange? And what's the strategic value and benefit to the business? How will us sharing those particular pieces of learning help us to take the business to the next level? That's what it's all about at the end of the day. So have fun in your learning pairs. And just remember, diversity is also positive and powerful. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. For more information, please visit my website, transleadership.com. Oh,